Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 82 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we are sitting in a car at UBC, having watched the Whitecaps training, or should I say, having watched the back-to-back Cascadia Cup champs training on Thanksgiving morning. And there's a a lot of thanks to be given at the moment, Steve, because the Whitecaps are on one hell of a tear. Yeah, first time this year they've won three games in a row did something that I wasn't expecting was go to Seattle and win a game again and late in the season uh, captured the Cascadia Cup for the fifth time more than two times more than any of their other rivals and and just on a roll right now just three games in a row it's amazing and the thing is usually when it's Thanksgiving I, I like to give thanks that I don't have to support or watch TFC but I'm thankful for TFC for just being an absolute mess again this year and as it stands just now, Steve, the Whitecaps just need one point, and they might not even need any points, but they just need one point to, to clinch a CONCACAF Champions League spot for next season. Yeah, it's it's not the Voyagers' Cup. Uh, they, I, don't think they, I don't think they'll be able to lift that or claim that. I don't think that. they're ever going to win that. Yeah, but it, it is a, a, something that they've been working to to get that spot. It's a huge thing for them to be able to play some players that you know might not be able to get in everyday games and also it also gives them more allocation money because when you're in that you get more money to spend on your players so you'd be able to bring in an extra player or two that you wouldn't think you would get I actually asked Carl a little bit about that at, at training this morning so we'll play the audio for that now and and hear Carl's thoughts on what clinching a spot in next year's CONCACAF Champions League is going to mean to the club and to the young players there and you just need a point maybe not even a point now to get into the, the Champions League spot for next year yep what would that mean to the club playing in that, giving another outlet for you to, to get your fringe players playing? Very important. Um, you know, it's, it was a, a goal at the start of the season to do it. We've still got some work to do because, you know, Toronto can go in the last two games of the season. So we know that we need to get a result. Two wins, hopefully, will get us there in the playoffs as well as the Champions League spot. And then, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it then. But it's. it's Goals at the start of the season are always there to be tried, tried to be reached, and if it's something that we manage to do, then it'll be a great achievement for the group of players, and obviously very important to the club. But you know, we still got work to do with that as well. How is playing in the Champions League going to affect what? I need to build squad. I need to build a bigger squad and a better squad. So that would be very important for me when I'm trying to build, as well as the recruitment of players from abroad. Um, so it'll be a busy off season for me. There won't be much rest, um, but it will be very important when. 
I'm trying to piece together a roster that I can think that can compete for the playoffs. Maybe if we manage to reach our goal of getting into the Champions League, compete in the Champions League as well. So it'll be a very important off-season. And how does the USL Pro, sounds like we're going to get it, yep. um, going to factor into that as well? So it's a very important part of the club's development for younger players and you know there needs to be a platform for them to play. You know, you, Now and again you get young players that are able to make that jump like Kians did on, on Friday, but not every player follows the same path, so it's important that we have another outlet for them to play games um, so that there's not a gap between the residency and the first team. So you know, that's very important as well and hopefully that'll come through which will mean there'll be a lot of games and you guys will be following a lot of games and travelling a lot of places and I'll be you know, sitting on the sidelines as well at a lot of games but that's the job we're in I'm afraid So enough of looking to the future let's look a little bit at the past and let's have a, a little bit pick over the, the Seattle game Steve Now going into the game Lots of people felt that it was going to have to be a must-win for the Whitecaps because going into it, they were out of the, the playoff spots because of Portland's win during the week. But that's not how you felt about it. No, I, I, I didn't think it was a must-win. I thought that because the, the Portland's tougher games were going to come up in their last two, uh, they're hosting RSL and they're going to Dallas, I thought that the Whitecaps could still not get the result and still be able to in a good position to win because they're playing two weaker teams. I know Robinson's talked about those teams have, you know, nothing to lose and they're going to go out and play, but I still think it's an easier match to play. So I think, I I thought that, you know, they could, a lot of people were tweeting out, oh, this, they have to win this, they have to win this. I didn't think so, but I'm very glad that they did and it's it's put a lot more pressure on Portland to do something against uh, RSL and and Dallas in their last two games. Yeah, I definitely think the Whitecaps have the easier running, um, but we'll, we'll come to that a bit later in the show. The, the Seattle game itself, there, there just seems to be something about the Whitecaps going down there in the last couple of years. In fact, all, all this season, the Whitecaps have done really well against Seattle. Officially, it's two wins and a draw. It really should have been three wins if it hadn't been for that controversial penalty that Seattle got in the first game. But... It, it was a, a really strong performance. And for me, Seattle never really threatened the Whitecaps. You had Lamar Nagel's shot in the, the opening 70 seconds, I think it was. And then after that, the Whitecaps were very, very comfortable. Yeah, there was only the one other opportunity late in the game when there was a header. I, I don't remember who did the uh, head of the ball onto goal, but Kendall Waston just basically cleared it off the line with a header of himself. And speaking of just... Kendall Watson, what a monster of a game he had, especially in those last 15 minutes. He was just all over the pitch, clearing it with his foot, clearing it with his head. The the Sounders couldn't get anything into the box at all in control. Of it. He, he was fantastic, and it, it showed exactly why Carol Robinson brought him to the club. Lots of people, and I was one of them, were saying that at this point in time, a centre-back wasn't the, the main thing that the Whitecaps needed to look for. It was a striker. Still feel that was the case, but Waston has been fantastic. He came in, he mopped everything up. He won everything in the air in that last 15 minutes. And we were talking that you maybe hadn't noticed him too much before that, but that's just what a good job he was doing because you didn't notice him because he was still mopping everything up. And with a pair that was in front of him of Lab and Tybert, they were completely snuffing out Dempsey and Martins and, and not allowing Seattle to get to get many attacks at all because they completely shut down the middle of the park. Yeah, the, the, they controlled the middle. I think even sometimes Morales would drop back and give him an extra third guy. And it was basically fantastic. And 
the the work that Lab and Tiber did helped Morales explore and go forward a little bit more and not have to deal with the defensive side of it. And that's where he was able to, you know, hang out there on the Manny goal and collect that ball and, and, and slice it through with a perfect pass to Manny. Yeah, the, the, the Manny goal, obviously the Sounders fans were, and some of the players as well, were complaining that Manny was unfairly brought back on. But he wasn't. You, you watch the replay of that and the referee waves him on, I think it's a good 13 seconds between him receiving the ball and when the referee waved him on, yeah, he and didn't come. On, he didn't come on right away, did he? On that, he was actually was still getting worked on, and then he came on after with the wave. Well, the other thing as well is once he's waved on, Seattle were on the attack, and it's because they turned the ball over that the the White Cats were able to play the ball out to him. So it's completely Seattle's fault. Well, they should have seen that the referee waved him on, and it was just a complete lack of awareness by the Seattle defence. Also, the if you, there was a comment, that, not, not in your article on MLS, but uh, the Seattle side of it, when they were complaining about the goals and everything, um, I think it was Brad Evans who even said that they shouldn't get an advantage of, of somebody coming back on. But well, was, it, the Brad, was it because was he, it, he played crap? Well, no, they got the advantage because they injured a guy with studs into the guy's hip, and then on top of that, they that extra guy, Brad Evans, who was usually marking Manny, took an advantage and was attacking it going far up. So they were taking advantage of an injured player. What's wrong with Whitecaps taking advantage of somebody coming back on? It, it, it doesn't make sense why they were griping so much and. To to your point, only based on the comments uh, on the on that article, uh, the majority of Sounder fans that were on that article did not have a problem with the Manny goal. They had more problem with the time wasting that we'll talk about, I guess, or later on. Or do you want to talk about it now? I may as well. Let, let's just talk about that now because I, I had a, a couple of debates before on Twitter on Sunday as well about that. Yes, the Whitecaps wasted time in the second half. I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's part of the game. It's not a pretty part of the game, but it is a part of the game. When it happens against your team, it's frustrating as hell. It really pisses me off. When it's your team doing it, it's not pretty to watch, but sometimes you have to do that. It's called time management. It's called game management. There is nothing wrong with that. If people are wanting the Whitecaps to go gung-ho, push for a second goal, which is what they were doing at the start of the season and getting heavily punished by losing a lot of goals in the last 10-15 minutes of the game when they weren't killing the game off and they were trying to get that second goal. What they did was fine. People had problems with folk faking injuries and stuff. It's up to the referee to clamp down on that. If the referee thinks that they're faking it, he doesn't stop it. If the referee thinks they're wasting time, he books the person. David Ousted was pushing the referee to the limits. He wasn't one of the guys that was going to be getting a a suspension if he got a booking. So he played that game fantastic. He waited and he took so long over goal kicks. The referee would tell him to hurry up. He took it longer because he's saying to the referee, what, what is it you're saying to me? I don't understand. Oh, okay. And he wasted so much time that way and never got a booking. So that's the referee's fault. If there's a problem, the ref needs to clamp down on it. I, I, and I, you know what? I know people call it time wasting, but it's more of a, a slowing the pace of the game. Uh, because you want to, you don't want the opposition to get, keep getting momentum in their attack. So you're slowing the pace of the game. There's other sports that where that happens too. Every other sport does it. In football, you play right to the last minute so they, people even fake injuries in football where they actually should go off for one play and somebody comes on for them it's not but in in, in soccer player goes down gets treated they don't no, nobody comes on they actually play with a man short so there's a disadvantage there if they do that there is a way to correct anything that's time they, they deem time wasting you just add minutes onto the clock at the end 
So there is a way for that team. If, if there's no time wasting at all, the bl- whistle blows in 90 minutes, then what do you do? Then, you know, that's not... The, the Sounders fans are going to complain about that, that the whistle blew right away. Yeah, and the referee will always add time on. And as you say, it's, it's disrupting the game, it's disrupting the flow, it's disrupting the pace, and it worked to treat. And the Whitecaps have done that well this, this year. And it, it, you have to be able to do that as part of the game. It, it's just part of the modern game. The, the old Corinthian spirit is long gone, other teams are going to do it to the Whitecaps. The Whitecaps need to learn to do it, and they seem to be doing that pretty darn well. Now, last couple of things that we'll, we'll just talk about in this segment. As I said, the Whitecaps controlled the middle of the park, and that kind of forced Seattle to kind of play the game in the wings. Vancouver got their goal from, from playing at the wings, and Manny had Evans on the back foot pretty much for the whole game. And as, as Robbo said after the game, Evans isn't a defender, he's a midfielder, good midfielder at times but he's not a defender so the Whitecaps had that game plan and it worked to perfection Seattle's game plan seemed to be to play through the middle they weren't allowed to do that as a result they tried to go to the to the wings and as we were talking about before we started recording this you, you never noticed them there they just had no impact out there no uh, Nagel Lamar Nagel like you said the early shot he had on net other than that where was he I can't even remember the who played on the right side but the, the wide part of the uh, Seattle's attack was basically nullified by, you know, the fullbacks and even the wingers coming back and playing solid defensively. So, and it, it was a it was basically, and then they that that pushed all the attack into the middle, and that's where Laba and Tiber basically cleaned everything up. So, before we hear some training audio from today, let's just get some of your your players of the game, Steve. Who do you think were the the Whitecaps' top performers? Well, I thought, you know, as we talked about uh, Waston, I thought the Morales and Tiber combination was fantastic. I thought Morales, uh, while he didn't set up too much, I thought he, he he controlled the ball in the in the final third, in the middle third, and he helped out Lava and Tiber. I thought those four guys were my top players. And I think one underrated guy that a lot of people don't talk about is Andy O'Brien. I thought Andy O'Brien really might not have had the clearances that Waston did, but I thought he had played a solid game and really kept uh, Dempsey and, and Martins in check. And speaking of Dempsey, uh, Tybert and Dempsey seem to really have a go at each other for most of the game. Uh, towards the end as well, I tried to watch it and I, I couldn't read the lips. I would really like to see what Tybert was saying. He was jawing off constantly um, at Dempsey in the closing minutes. So uh, Russell didn't speak at train today. He'll probably speak on Tuesday, so we'll, we'll kind of get his take on it. He won't say anything, but we'll, we'll, we'll ask him anyway. Um, for me... If I was doing doing my 3-2-1, my three points would go to, to Waston because I, I just thought he was a beast back there and he, he's going to be missed against San Jose, but we'll, we'll cover that later in the show. My two points, I think I would give to Matty Laba. I thought he was outstanding as well. And I'm going to give one point to Russell Tybert because the pair of them just did fantastic. Tybert again showed his, his defensive strength and his defensive qualities. Disappointed me a little bit in the attacking a couple of times he had the ball and he had straight passes and, and the attacks broke down through him. But defensively, he just couldn't be faulted at all. And a special nod, like you said, to Andy O'Brien. That partnership that he had with, with Boston was just phenomenal. What about some couple of players that uh, didn't impress? I know they won the game and everything and everybody's talking about highly of the game. It wasn't without flaws, though. And I thought, you know, a couple of their young attackers, uh, you don't want to... You know, disparage them too much, but Hurtado again. I I thought in a game where everybody played their solid game, I thought he probably was the weakest link out of all of everybody. Probably, I I definitely have to agree with that. And we'll talk a little bit about Kakuta Mani after the next little segment because 
I thought he had a mixed game. But for now, let's hear some training audio from today. We're going to hear from head coach Carl Robinson, goalkeeper David Ousted, central defender Andy O'Brien, and the goal-scoring hero, Kikutamani. So just a, a warning about this audio, the Curva Collective, Southsiders and Rain City Brigade supporters were out in force for Thanksgiving, sang and serenaded the players throughout the whole training session, continued in the, the, continued in the scrums as well, so there's a lot of background noise, a lot of singing, so some of it may not be crystal clear, so hopefully it'll be all good. So here's the audio. business at hand, you've said it for the last two months, every match is the next important one. For some reason, this team always seems to rise against the upper echelon, and you kind of, I want to say flown over, have your difficulties. Two very important games ahead. Two massive games. As I said before, we've, we've had five cup finals, we've done three. We've got two more very important games, very difficult games um, for d- different reasons, but two games we've got to have the right mentality approaching two. Uh, San Jose on Saturday have uh, got nothing to lose. Uh, we've got everything to lose so we've got to make sure that our mentality is right the discipline is correct and we go out and play because if we can then you know on our day we can beat anyone two, two, it's a two-pointed question one is would you like Akuda to play Seattle all the time for the results that he delivers and yep. then it's been a steady rise I mean we, we've seen flashes from him but when you need the scoring when you need it the most he's been delivering where has he improved I think, um, yes, I would like him to play a lot more. And, you know, you probably will see him a lot more once, he, you know, he's regained his confidence now. You can see that in the last couple of games. Obviously, the 45 minutes he showed on Friday were uh, he was a constant threat throughout the game. Obviously, losing him at half-time was tough for us, uh, but we readjusted it. I got give me the opportunity to see the, another kid uh, play 45 minutes. Kian's who done excellently as well. So... I want competition for places all over the field and, you know, Kakuta's been out of the team. Uh, he's got his head down, he's reacted, he's worked hard on his fitness, he's worked hard on his confidence and deservedly got back in the team on Friday and now he's given me a massive problem for the weekend, which it's a problem I want to have. Girl, how much better can Kakuta be? And when you have a player who's so young, who has so much talent and has so much ahead of him, yeah. do you coach him differently? Do you nurture that talent? Do you let it go? A bit of everything, I think. He can be a lot better, by the way. You know, and uh, my job is to bring him back down to earth because uh, you gentlemen will uh, build him up um, and you'll build him up maybe to knock him down at some stage as well. So, you know, I've got to keep his feet on the ground. He's worthy of being built up. He is, without a doubt. And I've said it more than anyone that, you know, he's got the world at his feet. He really has. But it's important I don't let him get there before he's ready because if I do, uh, then he'll lose his way. And I don't want the kid to lose his way because he's a very special talent, you know, not just for this group of players, but in many years to come. So... We've got to teach him uh, the understanding of the game. We've got to teach him what it's like to be a professional. Uh, we've got to teach him what it's like to live off the field as well. And, you know, it's not as just simple as just picking him on a Saturday or a Friday and saying to him, go out and play. It's an it's a important part of his development off the field as well as on the field. And, you know, it's taking time. He's very engaged with it. Uh, he wants to learn. He wants to get better. Uh, he wants to take things on board. So, you know, he's a pleasure to work with. How big a miss is Kendall? Yeah, it'll be a big loss. He's been excellent for us since he's come in. Um, but we've got Johnny, we've got Christian, and obviously Carlisle coming back as well will give me options. Uh, it's now for, it's down for one of them to step in and, and do well. I've got confidence in all three of the players. Uh, when we nail down what we're going to do, we will do it. But, you know, it's 
the way Kendall plays we're probably going to lose him at some stage um, we obviously lose him on this Saturday rather than next Saturday so he will be a big loss but like I said it's it's for someone to step in yeah, you, tough on Johnny to, I mean essentially lost his place going to play for yeah he did yeah Sometimes you get penalised if you're an international footballer, which is is shocking. Um, he did. He was playing very well for me when he left. Obviously, he played for Andros, picked up an injury. So, you know, if if Johnny comes back in, then I'll have no worries whatsoever because Johnny's a top player. Now you talked about the way that, that Ken plays, very aggressive, which I love from yep. from a player. But the way that MLS is with referees and stuff, is it? going to be a case he's going to have to change his game a little bit or are you happy that he'll miss some games during the season if he plays the way that he does oh, well I don't want to take the aggression out of him because part of the reason why I brought him here is because I think he's a very physical player um, and brings an intensity to the game that I think we've been missing at certain stages since Jade Merritt retired so I don't want him to change that you know he's, go- he's going to pick up cautions no doubt because uh, the way he plays but you know people pick up cautions for any number of reasons whether it's tactical fouls whether it's clapping in the referee face you know there's there's ways of getting cautions that you know you shouldn't get um, Kendall does it both from being aggressive but he's trying to defend the right way so that's something I don't want him to lose I will talk to him about being careful for certain instances um, but I never want to take that away from him Gershon Kofi training is it possible that he could uh, come into the equation yeah definitely I think he's been he's had his excellent day-to-day in training it's probably his first full day with us um, you know, we've missed Gershon. You know, we've had some Rusty stepped in and been fantastic for us and fantastic for me. But, you know, Gershon's a different type of player, so he's rearing to go now. Um, obviously, we're on, a, we're on a very good run at the moment and he wants to get back in the mix, so he'll certainly come into the equation, yeah. Now, I know you, you're wanting to say one game at a time. Yes. But Portland are playing Friday for the last two games. Yeah. Does that affect how the players are going to go into it mentally? I know you can tell them so much and just do what you have to do, <coughs> take care of your own business, but that yeah. must have some kind of impact in the way that they're going to face things. Well, yeah, I think that I think the players, my players, will generally watch their results, and um, because I watched them on Wednesday night, if I'm honest, and you know we we beat uh, Dallas, I believe, two 0 and we, suddenly we were in a, a decent position, and then they followed up with a result, and then they followed up again with another result. And then the, 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 apparently the pressure was on us. And I just said to the guys, listen, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. As I said to you gentlemen, we've got to concentrate on ourselves. And we did on Friday, concentrate on ourselves and we won the game. And, you know, it, it changes every week and every game that it, that goes on, a different result changes the dynamic of the playoff race. You know, if we win two games, we're in. That's, you know, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible for, for them as well, one game at a time. And that's why I don't look too far ahead. Obviously, I'll look at the result Friday. I'll watch their game because I love watching games of football and if they win then it puts a, a little bit of pressure on us if they don't win it puts pressure on us because if they you know we need to get our result so of course I look at the results and I, I watch their games but like I said it's it's in our hands and we need to focus on what we can do on Saturday What's changed with this, with, with this club the last month especially you know, the last three, three weeks? Um, a little more belief in things, uh, a little harder work in the games, and uh, a little bit of luck on our side. Um, so we're in a, in a good run right now, and uh, we, we go into every game uh, believing we can win. And you said that you could feel the pressure building for the last little while, and with a young team, you're always worried how a team will react. 
I think we're seeing how you guys are reacting with what you face. Definitely. Uh, I think uh, we've been showing that the last couple of weeks. Uh, we had a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago about how we should react to, to all this, uh, all the pressure, the whole playoff thing. and, and guys have reacted fantastically. They've gone in uh, with confidence and, and tried to win the games and if we can continue that I think we'll have a good chance of pushing our way in there. Did you change your focus at all? And I, and I know you guys have all, the last five matches have been must-win games. Rob has always said the next game is the biggest one. But the way that things have changed in the last three weeks, have you looked a little bit further ahead to where this team is? Still no. Uh, I still don't think we can look ahead of, of, of the next game. It's so important that we keep our focus so important because uh, it's the little details that, that gets us the wins right now. Uh, we saw that, especially in Seattle. So it, it's uh, about focusing on San Jose, uh, trying to, to get a win there, hopefully see if we can, uh, can finish the job the last two games. But we can't look too far ahead. Uh, this team is, is, is in a good run, and, and I think uh, there's a lot of potential still. But I think it's dangerous to, to lose focus on, on what's important right now. And uh, delighted that we got the, the Cascadia Cup, delighted for the fans. It meant a lot to them. But now it's back to work, and now it's back to focusing. Well, you saw last game. He was he was tremendous. I think he headed uh, uh, well almost any, anything away. Uh, so he, we're gonna miss him. But again, like I said, when we're missing guys, it's time for other guys to step up. And we have the guys uh, in Johnny and Dean um, that can that can step in there and uh, and do the job. So uh, time for other guys to shine. Is there a biggest challenge, perhaps, uh, just coming into a team that's been playing this cup final mentality for the last three weeks? I mean. It's yeah, no, but I think you see in practice as well that that mentality is there. We talked about uh, raising the level, uh, raising the level of intensity, not just in the games, but also in training, so we'll get ready to the games. Uh, so it's time for whoever gets in there to, to, to step it up, like Kakuta did last week. Sebo was out, uh, he went in there and did tremendously. So uh, guys coming in from the bench, guys coming in in the squad uh, can, can show now that uh, they're supposed to be in there. No, uh, again, it's it's the dangerous games. It's uh, like I said, not not losing focus, not being uh, too happy with what we achieved. I said it. I was delighted to get the Cascadia Cup, but now the work really starts. It's, it's these games that are difficult. Going to San Jose, they're a little bit of a wounded animal. Haven't played as well as they they hoped. Uh, so getting in there is going to be so tough. The the last two games of the season, Portland's going to have played their game before you guys play. What does that do to you, like knowing exactly what you have to do going into the games? Does that make it better for you or does it just put more pressure on you? Um, you know what, I said we couldn't look at Portland too much. Uh, we're a little bit forced to, to look at it now uh, with the result, but again, it's about us finishing a job. So win, draw, lose for Portland, we still need to go in and I think get hopefully two wins to, to push our way in there. If we get two wins, it doesn't matter what Portland does. So if we can focus on that, um, it, it's... Uh, it, it, it's it's going to be easier for us if if they lose points. Well, good for us. Then we don't have to make maybe a win too. But still, we need to try to push our way in there. Not hope that Portland loses. Yeah, I was going to say you're giving a lot to celebrate. Uh, can you run it at the table? And how different has this team been the last couple months? Yeah, I think uh, something's happened in the last three or four weeks. That um, you know, I don't know whether it's given the fact of the time of the season and uh, you know how important it is, um, but. Yeah, the penny's dropped and uh, it's important now for the last two games of the season that we uh, give a good account of ourselves and I think uh, 
you know, from a personal perspective, I'm not worried about too much about the results. It's more about who I'm playing against and what job needs to be done as opposed to we've got to win. And I think the boys are doing that and concentrating on the jobs individually and doing very well. When you look at the way that you guys are playing right now and the way things are shaping up, I think maybe you could say there would be one team that everyone thinks could win it all would be LA, but the way that you guys are playing right now and the way things can change so quickly, is there a different belief with this team right now? Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned other clubs there. I mean, we were just concentrating on ourselves. And, uh, you know, it was said with five games to go that it was five cup finals. And uh, we're genuinely, you know, treating them like, like cup finals. And uh, the desire, um, you know, both in training, building up to the games, and obviously in the games, which is the most important thing, is that. There's been a steady improvement in Kakuta's game. We know what he can do. What have you noticed with him? We saw the explosiveness last year, but the way he's come on, what have you noticed in that? How has he evolved? I think he's getting, uh, you know, end product to uh, to his to his work. I think, uh, you know, he came on the other day. Was it Salt Lake? He set up the goal and uh, yeah, he finished nicely the other night uh, against Seattle. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's the time of the season that um, you know it's coming to the crunch time that he uh, steps it up a gear. But you know, I still think there's more to come from him. Um, so, you know, we're we're pleased with what he's doing, but uh, we've got we've got faith in him that there's, there's more to come. What do you see that there's more there? It's just doing it more on a more regular basis. I think um, you know he's um, he's got a great uh, example in uh, Maro in terms of uh, work ethic and uh, desire and hunger and doing the nitty gritty things as well as you know the the ability that he showed in terms of you know he can go left foot right foot. Um, he's got great athleticism, but uh, it's putting it together on a regular basis, um, which you know he's only young and uh, he's, he's got plenty of time to to learn that. But the sooner he gets it, uh, the 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 less shouting uh, people will be doing it in, I guess. How big a miss is Kendall and Andy Yeah, he's going to be a miss. I think um, he's done really well. I think um, both his personality uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, um, you know, with the penalties that he's won as the goals that he scored um, and his defensive ability. But, you know, it's a great opportunity for other players to come in. And, um, you know, that's a beauty. Of, of any team that wants to be successful is, is the squad and uh, you know other teams have demonstrated throughout the season and we're demonstrating it now and, and hopefully to, to continue as well. When you've, you've played a couple of weeks alongside Kendall now but obviously Johnny's likely to be the guy that comes in on Saturday. How difficult is it then to adjust your game to, to having a new partner back there? Uh, yeah well it is it's, it is different I think um, you know they're, they're very different players in terms of the style but uh, you know, it's as I said before. It's sometimes not who you're playing with. It's it's who you're playing against, and what do you need to do to counteract what they're doing? And I think uh, you know, there's a real team ethic um, of you know, even if you're marking, but you can intercept the ball. You know, don't think you're happy enough just doing your job. Um, and guys are filling in, and you know, there's been times where I've been playing a little bit higher um, than I normally would do. But uh, guys are filling in, whether it be a fullback, whether it be rusty, um, and likewise, if strikers drop short. You know the the pocket in front of us is getting well protected in terms of uh, the defensive screening. So, you know, sometimes you have to do uh, other people's jobs, and um, you know, I think a lot of the guys are doing that. And when guys are doing that, other lads are filling in. So um, it's working well. Part of the challenge, it strikes me, it's uh, whoever comes in, Johnny or Christian. I mean, they're coming into a team now that intensity level is like here compared to where the last time they played a game for the club. Yeah, um, I must admit, I think uh, when you talk about intensity, uh, I did feel. Uh, a great sense of pressure building um, some weeks ago um, and I was worried in case you know if we did get into the playoffs that you know it's like a big oh, 
we've done that when really it's got to be a steady progression. And I think uh, the pennies dropped with the boys in terms of uh, you know what they need to do in terms of preparing for the games. And uh, you know the the business end is is a Friday night or a Saturday, and uh, we're, we're really turning up. Um, but it feels relaxed, um, and it doesn't feel as though the pressure's too big. Um, if anything, we're anticipating and looking forward to the games. What, what about San Jose? Anyway? Oh, One thing to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One thing to say: you can't take a team lightly. What do you guys have to do between now and Saturday to make sure you go into that game the same way you went into the Seattle game? Um, well, we need to prepare properly. I think um, the training um, that we'll be doing this week. <laughs> Um, you have to love it. Yeah, no, it is, yeah, I appreciate it. I should make the most of it because probably nobody will sing my name in a few years. So, uh, um, But, you know, we've just got to concentrate on, uh, on ourselves and, you know, the way that we prepare for, for, for any game. Um, it's scheduled by the coaches and everything during the week, um, but we just need to mentally prepare ourselves for, for what we're ahead with. OK. It's been It's good. No, it's just a little bruise in there, so it's just gonna keep uh, keep icing it, keep on keep on top of it. So it should be fine. I train uh, I train well today, so it's good. How do you think you've had the success that you've had? I mean, it's, it, it's been steady. You came on last year, we saw what you're capable of, and then when this team has needed scoring, you've de- you've delivered a great work. Um, I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's a uh, it's a team effort. I have um, really lucky and fortunate to have uh, the coaching staff we have here. And uh, um, the experienced players we have, uh, all the other guys that have been helping us, and uh, it's just uh, taking their advice. Uh, been working on uh, finishing a lot uh, after practice, and uh, it's just it's just paying off. Uh, when I get my chances, uh, I was lucky enough to score goals, so it's, uh, I feel like the hard work is paying off. Do you like playing in Seattle? Yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously. I mean, uh, every single play in uh, MLS. It's the kind of atmosphere we want to play in. That's the kind of games we want to play in. So it's, uh, it's great. What was your focus for this season? Where did you want to improve? Where did you want to grow? And what did you want to do for this, for this season? I definitely, um, I want to be. I definitely want to be the best player on this, on this team. Uh, I want to score goals for the team, and I want to provide for them, and uh, provide for my uh, other teammates. And uh, I want to win trophies for this team as well. So it's, uh, it's a work in progress, and uh, there's a chance that we can win something this year. So we're just uh, going to keep uh, keep uh, doing that. It's just uh, doing the things we do best, and uh, hopefully we can get something this year. How much, how, much more, how much more comfortable are you? How much has that made a difference in the fact that you have the confidence, you know what you want to do, but to be able to do it? Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> So lot, like I said, uh, it's uh, all the down to the coaching, the coaching staff. They've been uh, encouraging us a lot, especially the younger guys, and they've been giving us a lot of chances. And they feel they make you feel a part of this uh, team. So that's uh, that's everything that we can ask for. And uh, it's just take advantage advantage of the chance that we get. And uh, like I said, we've been fortunate enough to have uh, the senior players we have here, and been uh, I mean talk to them all the time. And uh, they uh, they only have nice words to say and then uh, give some advice. That gives me a lot of confidence as well. Not just me, but uh, other young players as well. When they give you uh, the confidence and then they can teach you through those things, but how much uh, is the onus then on you to take what you've learned and, and apply that to your game and be more consistent? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I mean, it's not just uh, taking information and you gotta apply it when, once you take it. Uh, I feel like it's been it's been better for us this season. Uh, young players, like especially uh, me, I've been taking a lot. Of, uh, I mean, we we've been given a lot of information this year, and uh, it's it's a little it's a little difficult to take them all in. But uh, we gotta take the good ones, and then you know let the bad ones go. But uh, what we think is uh, it's gonna help us. Uh, so I think uh, we made. Uh, like as a, as for me and as an individual, I made the uh, right choices to take uh, the advices they gave me. What's what's been the biggest difference with this club the last few weeks? I mean, we you've gotten the results. Obviously, that's the the main difference. But what has changed to get you guys the result? It's just the uh, togetherness. You know, the belief we have in the locker room. You know, the, like I said, the encouragement and everybody is you know, believing in each other. And uh, we just feel like uh, uh, some of the results we had uh, previously uh, when. Uh, Really, what we wanted is uh, disappointing, and uh, we we gave everything we had, but we couldn't get results. And then uh, this time it's coming out our own way, so it's just uh, it's just gonna enjoy the moment, and it's just I think the belief in the locker room. Is that easier said than than done, perhaps, when you're going through those tough results and, and seemingly nothing is going right? But, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really difficult and frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we have a meeting all the time, and how we're gonna change uh, stuff. And we put we put out uh, stuff that we're gonna work on, and then everybody take it on board. And I think uh, that's uh, painful for us as well. So Kakutamani there made the headlines once again. Seattle. Four goals now there in the last two two appearances. Is it a case that he's a guy that just likes the big time occasions and just brings his game to the best when he is playing in front of a massive crowd? Yeah, he mentioned that in the interview too that he likes he wants likes playing in front of big crowds. But you know, BC Place is pretty. You know, I know it's not you know fifty thousand. Plus, still more than 20,000, and he hasn't really performed that well there. I think it was just a matter of him being in the right place at the right time in this game. Pedro gave him a great pass, and he just he got he got that one-on-one with the central back that's not that fast and not that nimble, and he was able to take advantage of it this time. There was a time before, earlier in the game, where he was one-on-one, or went, took on a couple defenders, and he just basically lost the ball very easily. He put it, had his head down the whole time, didn't look up. Didn't see any teammates, and it it, it didn't look good at, at for a while there. But at you know, getting waved on, and getting that great pass by Pedro, like last year's three goals, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, all virtually all three of them were set up by great Camilo plays. So here we got he got set up by Pedro and, and took advantage cool. of that one. Kobayashi also Kobayashi, linked up well sorry, with him. Yeah, that was the, that was the, sorry. There was so two of them were Camilo, one was Kobayashi. So you know, say what you want. I th- I think if he hadn't scored the goal, I think he might have been substituted off in the sec- sometime in the second half, anyways. Oh, for sure. Now he made the headlines, and rightly so. It was a great goal, but I don't think he had that good a game. I don't think he had that good a half. And as you said, there was a number of times that he kind of lost the ball as he was going forward. Things broke down. He's one of those players, though, that has the potential to do just something out of the blue and, and steal the game. And that's what he did. And as, as Carl said in his audio there, he still has a lot of improvement. He still has a lot of work to do and he can still be a lot better. Because just now, he's far too inconsistent. He doesn't bring it week in, week out. That's what a top striker needs to do. He did well with the goal, 
but up until that little spell, I just don't think it was one of his best games. And from first half performances, I would have had him right down in the, the lower echelons, probably beside Hurtado. And he did what he needed to do. Everyone seems to have forgotten about that, but he, he, he was back training today. His hip seems okay. He thinks he's going to be good to go on Saturday, as we heard there. And he he did fantastic. Now, I just want to play one final little bit of audio from Kikuta. I asked him, whenever he has a game like that, especially in front of a national TV audience and in a big game against Seattle, a lot of American fans are saying, hey, is this guy going to be the guy that plays for the American national team? So I asked him about that training today, and nothing's been decided yet, but he did give some interesting answers on that. So here's Kikuta talking about his international future. When you put in a performance like, like, like that in front of a big audience, a lot of people in the States are asking, what's, what's your situation regarding the green card playing for the US? What, what are your plans internationally, ideally? What would you like to play for? Would you even consider Canada? <laughs> um, right now, it's just uh, I'm not sure what's, uh, what's going to happen, but uh, working on to get my uh, passport with the US, and we'll see what happens after that. So it's, uh, I should get it in a uh, year and a half. And that's what they schedule it for, and uh, so that that should be good. And uh, there's a chance that I might play for Gambia as well. And uh, you never know, like you say, Canada as well, because I've been uh, gonna be be here next year as well, hopefully. So it's uh, it's a chance that. And have any of happen. the authorities, like the CSA or the American Soccer Association, spoken to you about your plans, or not yet? Uh, not yet. They've uh, spoken to my agent, and uh, I mean, he really didn't give me any details, but he told me that they contacted him. So. And he's just uh, letting me focus on the soccer right now, not to worry about all that stuff. So just uh, let him uh, do that job as uh, what he's there for. So, <laughs> so Kikuta went off at half time, replaced, which pleased us immensely, by homegrown residency product Kian's Froze. What a whirlwind month that's been. Signed his pro contract on September 15th. Less than four weeks later, He's turning out in front of over 50,000 fans in Seattle, and he did not look out of place. No, he didn't, and it looked like uh, Kakuda was going off. I thought maybe, you know, Bellucci would come on, or somebody else would come on like that. Maybe they moved Tybert up to uh, the wing spot and put somebody else, play somebody in there. But put when Keon's, see, Keon's getting ready on the sideline, I was nervous for him, because you're going into a uh, place where you you know, you have no experience in like you, you know you play in the residency games and everything like that, and you you know you go to the World Cup for the U seventeens, but playing against against you know fifty thousand rival supporters, uh, that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. So you know, uh, and he and he didn't look out of place at all. He he got that early tackle on Andy Baba and basically uh, pushed him around for a lot of the game. So it's very impressive to see like uh, what a residency player, homegrown over two three years. Developed through the system, got a good head on his shoulders and good work ethic, knows the game, what he can do on the pitch. He, he did fantastic. When it looked obvious that Kikuta wasn't going to come out for the second half, I'd said, that I hope it's going to be Kians that comes on. That was more in hope than expectation. I didn't think Carl would throw him in. And let, let's just play a, a quick bit of audio. This is what Carl said about his decision after the game and how he went back and forward a, a few times during that 15 minutes as to exactly who was going to come on. If I'm being brutally honest with you, Mark, which I always am, I changed my mind four times on it. 
you know, we, we toyed with the idea of putting Nico in, but we just felt Kakut was having so much joy going down the outside of Brad Evans with his pace. And we thought maybe that Kians, because of his strengths and attributes, could do that more than Nico. You know, so it was strictly a tactical decision, but said they got no fear. The kid's obviously got the biggest smile I've ever seen on anyone's face in that locker room. So make sure you ask him how he is, because he probably won't be able to speak. So as Carl said there, he changed his mind four times before settling on, on Kians, and he did well. He had a, a few good tussles with Alonso. He kind of skinned some Seattle players a few times and got free, got in space. And making your debut in front of a crowd like that, it's going to settle him down. It's got his MLS career off to a perfect start. And it's going to really bode well for his future. He's going to have a very bright future for the club and also for Canada. Yeah, you talk about a perfect debut. You, you come on the pitch in front of 50,000 rival supporters the team wins the game, they're back in the playoffs, and you get to hoist silverware. It can't get any better than that for Kian's froze. It's definitely a dream come true, and I spoke to Kian's, uh, along with some of the other journals today at training, and we asked him, was it a dream come true? Is he still pinching himself? And now that a couple of days have passed since he, he made that, that fantastic appearance, has it all sunk in? How's he feeling now? And just uh, a few little questions about the future. So here's Kian's froze. You've had a couple of days now to, to think about everything. Does it feel like a dream? What happened? In fact, the whole month really, it's like, does that feel like just a dream? Yeah, everything that's that's been happening just feels, yeah, dreamy. Honestly, like, the night after the game, like, after the game, I, it just, I just kept replaying it. Like, the crowd, the people, the support, it's just unbelievable. Have you ever played for a crowd of that size before? No, no. And I wasn't sure if I was going to when I when I went. Like, I just went on the field and, you know, I tried to enjoy every moment of it, watching everybody, everything, and, you know, it was great. Did, did it kind of just fly by the 45 minutes, or did you actually have time to, to savour the moment? No, I flew by. Like, a lot of the stuff that happened in it, I, I remember it and some I don't, and then I just, you know, stuff. Playing against Toronto as well in the Canadian Championship earlier in the year, did, did that kind of give you a good grounding and prepare you really well for, for what was happening? Well, it gave me a taste, right, like, of where I wanted to be. Like, now now that I see it, like, now I know where I want to be playing week in, week out, but I need to continue to work hard in terms of stuff so that I can maybe progress into playing more often. How comfortable did, did you feel in that setting, though, considering not only do you have the, the large crowd, but you're playing for a club that is trying to get into the playoffs, and that was a huge game against a pretty big rival. Did you feel comfortable in, in that setting? Oh, I felt comfortable. Um, I'm happy that Robo believed in me to, to put me in in like, such a big game, and now we needed to win, so it was just great. And the guys were great. They talked to me, they, they were on me all the time, like, hey, come, tuck here, tuck there, and it's just, okay, so I had extra help to, to go for it. So. And the, the other residency guys, have they spoken to you in the last couple of days to, to, for you to share your experience with them? Yeah, no, I, I've spoken to a lot of my teammates and a lot of the guys, and yeah, a lot of conversations. <laughs> and how's it going to feel for you now? There's obviously four residency games still this year. Um, if you're involved in those, how's it going to feel going back to that level? It's going to be the same, you know, obviously that's where it all started and that's where you go and you, you continue to keep game fit, game sharpness and you know, it's the same thing. You, you, in residency, uh, speaking of that, you, you played a striker, you played as an attacking mid, you played as a holding mid. How, how does that help you with, you know, going on and just helping out and being a versatile player? Yeah, it helps me understand, I think, the game better because you have to understand everybody else's roles too, so... And I think it gives me more positions that I can play into, so I think it's helped me. 
yeah, I, I think everything that that residency has done has just helped me in general. So that was Keon's Froze talking about how it felt like to play in front of that big crowd and what he hopes his future holds. The future for the Whitecaps, immediate future, they're going to be traveling down to California, Northern California, and playing those pesky earthquakes. A team that we don't know who's going to show up in the lineup. They've lost twice in a row to Portland. Michael, what do you think is going to, what do you, what do you look forward to that game? It's the game that worries me the most in this run, I think, because. The last two games, you expect the Whitecaps to win. They're still in the driving seat. It's in their own hands. We've said we don't think Portland's going to get six points from their last two games. I think they'll get four. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think Portland, uh, especially with Dallas winning, uh, beating LA there, I think that's put a lot of pressure on RSL uh, to do something in Portland. They're going to have to get a result. And RSL has, you know, has had Portland's number over the last couple of years, so... I don't see it out of the realm of possibility that RSL can go in there and get a win. Like everybody's talking about, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, the two wins against San Jose and Portland still on. They play, they played a really bad San Jose side. The game in Portland, San Jose only had four subs. So you know how much is San Jose even putting into those games? And then also you also look at the the Will Johnson effect. They haven't felt it yet, uh, but that's because they were playing a weaker team. They're playing stronger teams now. How how much is Ben Zemanski going to be going up against the likes of Escobar for Dallas and uh, Javier Morales for RSL? So that's going to have a big effect. So I, I right now say maximum they can get is three points out of those two games. I don't see them going into Dallas and getting anything because Dallas seems like, you know, they just beat L.A. It seems like they're a solid team. Yeah, Castillo played uh, and had a fantastic uh, end of game there. I, I think I think maximum Portland gets his three points out of the two. Yeah, you, you could be right. I'm thinking four because I just think that they might get a draw in that last game at Dallas because Dallas are so unpredictable. You just don't know what you're going to get with Dallas. What I really would like, though, is if I if I could guarantee just now that the Whitecaps were going to get two wins, I would like Portland to beat Salt Lake and then not get anything from Dallas so that Dallas finished third and Salt Lake finished fourth because I think that would be the much better game for the Whitecaps to, to go and play in Salt Lake. Also, I think I would make that trip because I, I don't really want to get Ebola by going to Dallas. Yeah, that's what I figured that was the reason. And I'm making the trip at the weekend. I'm, I'm doing a flying visit, literally a flying whirlwind visit in and out of San Jose to, to go down to that game. And it's going to be tough. It's the last ever game that the Earthquakes are going to play at Buckshaw Stadium. They've been there seven years I know folk will say, ah, it's just a stadium, they're not really going to care, it's not really been their permanent home, because it's this Santa Clara Broncos home, but it is their home. They are going to want to end the season on a high. Think of the Whitecaps and their last home game against Colorado. Nothing to play for. Camilo, though, I guess he was playing for the, the Golden Boot thing, but they raised their game fantastically, and that's my worry, is that in their last home game of the season, the Earthquakes are are going to put in a strong performance, and they are all playing for contracts as well for next season. Mark Watson, Watson see, I've got so used to saying Watson now that I can't say Watson for anyone, but Mark Watson, he must know he's probably out of a job, but he's going to want to kind of end in a bang as well. Yeah, and he's obviously, so far the last two games, he's giving young players a big chance, and we'll see if he continues that or he decides to put the regulars in for that last game at Buckshaw Stadium. Well, the other thing as well is Portland will have played on the Friday night, 
And also for the last game of the season, Portland will have played before the Whitecaps. So for the Caps' last two games, they're going to know exactly what they need to do for each game and, and as to how it stands. So how, how do you see it going, Steve? It's going to be tricky. I, I, I still have this horrible feeling about it. They, of course, just need a point to get into the Champions League, as we mentioned at the start of the show. It could be a case, though, that they could go into that game knowing that a win secures their playoff spot and a Champions League's place with a game to spare. Yeah, that's my hope. I, ho- I hope RSL is able to go into Portland, pick up the win, uh, and then basically Vancouver next day does the same against San Jose, and that would basically clinch you know, the playoff spot, it clinched the berth in the Champions League next year, and essentially that wraps it up all for one game, and then they don't have to worry about, you know, they could rest some of their players in that last game against Colorado, like a Rosales and a, even a Morales, um, maybe a couple other guys that maybe Andy O'Brien could get rested too, so that way, you know, because that, that wild card game, four versus five, is going to happen midweek probably the next week, so you don't want to you're going to play Colorado with a must-need win and then have to play midweek. You want to get some kind of um, rotation there going. So I, I, that's what I'm hoping for. I think RSL will get uh, be able to get a draw in Portland. I think they'll probably play to a draw. And I think uh, I think the Whitecaps will probably draw as well in, in San Jose. And then that will still make it even, uh, keep them in the same spots going into the last game. I, I think so as well. I, that's exactly what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for... Actually, possibly a nil-nil on Saturday because, as always, I'm not really sure where the Whitecaps' goals are going to come from. And I'm not really sure where San Jose's goals are going to come from either. But nil-nil or 1-1. Two draws, as you say, would leave it going into the last game with the Whitecaps with a one-point lead. And it could be that they then play the last game having Portland lost in Dallas and they've already clinched it and they don't have to do anything. And that might dictate like resting some players as well. Portland also have the midweek Champions League game, which is kind of ridiculous, really. But it's like that's just how it is. Um, we're going to have that issue, obviously, next season. Yeah. But team personnel, who do you think is going to play? Do you see many changes from the team that started against Seattle? No, uh, Apart from I, Washington being out. I think they might be careful with Manny and maybe put Fernandez back in for that spot and then uh, basically keep the rest the same. It is on grass too, so they don't have to worry about... Uh, it also depends on health of Rosales uh, to see if his hamstring's okay. Um, and I, I don't see m- much of a change. The one thing I want to mention too, going back to the San Jose prediction, if they play like they played against Seattle, they, San Jose will not score a goal. There's, oh, yeah. no, there's no chance. If they I mean, play the, the same way... San Jose have been dreadful against Portland and Salt Lake. That was three... Well, I was going to say it was three dreadful performances. The, the start of the game, the first game against Portland, they actually did not bad. Yeah. But that second game, they were dire. And against Salt Lake, they were just... They were yeah, just never in that. Their defence is basically in shambles too, a little bit too, because Bernardes isn't playing as well. They got, they're being forced to start Ty Harden. And, that, you know, when you're starting him, you're not you're in big trouble. So well, I, I'm just hoping that they play as bad again, and I, I I can can tie something on my hard on. There you go. So it's going to be an exciting time, as I say. But I'll be down in San Jose. Hopefully, I'll get some fantastic audio for our next podcast about how excited that the players are for clinching everything. I still think it's going to go down at the last week of the season, but but we'll see. But I think that's a, a good point to wrap this episode up. And Steve, let's tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and writing occasionally for Canadian Soccer News with AFTN. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. 
Read all my stuff on AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for my stuff on there. So it's exciting times for the Whitecaps. When you look at where we stood at the start of the season, going into pre-season camp, such a young pre-season camp, you just didn't really know how the team were going to do. You'd lost Camilo, you had Carl Robinson in charge for his first season. Now they're on the verge of clinching a, a kind of a treble. Cascadian Cup winners, clinching a playoff spot and a Champions League spot. It's a, an incredible turnaround, a fantastic season. If they don't do it now, then basically they've choked. That's something that we had talked about, Steve, before. I mean, you think that as well. Yeah, 100%. If, if they don't, at this, I, I feel if they don't clinch a playoff spot at this point, I think it, it will be a choke job and it will be a very big disappointment. And it's how the team then bounce back from that because that that's, would be a hard one to take. But we're not even going to think about that. We're going to do it. I'm going to see them do it down San Jose and it's going to be a fantastic time. So thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. And as always, more the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.